right. Thank you so much, Audrey, for reading that scripture. This is, this is awesome. We're all uh, virtually here together leaning in, and so we're still one body, the body of Christ, and that hasn't changed, even though we need to have some distance between us just for a little while. And so we, we continue uh, to miss you students. If you're a 6th to 12th grader uh, watching right now, we're going to have a quick kind of devotional sermon right now, and then we're going to release you into virtual huddle groups where you can have, your leaders even have some questions about the sermon tonight, just to get you talking, because we don't want to neglect meeting together, because we're commanded to do that um, in Hebrews. Uh, we need to continue to meet together and gather and fellowship and dig in and pursue one another. And so this is everything. Um, this is exactly what we need to be doing right now, is gathering together as different Bible student ministries, as the body of Christ. You know, there, there's all this talk about, okay, so when things do come back, how will it come back? Uh, who, what will happen first? You know, sports, the sports uh, news is out there. Um, football's trying to see, oh, when can we have, can we even have, you know, college football in the fall? What's that going to look like? Is it still worth having it if we can't have fans there? Should we just play football or all these other sports or anything if we just have the players there and in an empty stadium? And a lot of coaches kind of fired back immediately recently saying, you know what, we'd rather not have a season if it demands that we can't have our fans there. It's just not the same. It's, it's not the same experience at all. It's not college football without just the fanatical fans out there, the, the crazy fans that make the atmosphere everything. And I've been thinking a lot about that, being, yes, in an empty room right now, and I know not empty in the fact that you aren't watching, but physically in this room, it's just not the same without you. If you need another reason, if you need the 300th reason for you to believe that the church really isn't about this building, which we're blessed to have. I mean, I've been walking around today, and this it's just not the same without you. This is just uh, it, this is a gift of a building, and it's, we, we, we love it. But without you here, students, it, it's nothing. And so you are the church, and we miss you terribly. That was my quick little... Thank you to Missy terribly, and, and we're going to continue and hold our trips this summer. We have a lot of questions from parents. Are we going to still do the ultimate or great adventure? The ultimate adventure was planned to happen in late May, and the, and the great adventure is planned to happen in late July. We're still waiting we're, uh, on those, and we're still moving forward with those, and we will contact you as soon as we know. But one of my favorite things we get to do specifically on a trip called the Great Adventure, if you're a junior higher, just give it a little whoop whoop in your house right now, and your parents will say, what's wrong? And you're like, I'm just I'm shouting for the Great Adventure. Caving is one of my favorite things you get to do all, every year, and it doesn't get old. I've been caving since I was a high schooler, a junior higher in this ministry, and the first time I got to do it, I loved it. And every time, one of my favorite things we get to do, it never gets old, is that when you're at a in kind of a deep part in the cave, you've been going for a while, maybe 30 minutes at least. And it's cold. You all got your little, you got your helmet, you got your knee pads, and every helmet has a light on it, and they tell you how many times you click it so it doesn't run out of battery. And you have your little gloves on, and you're, 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 you're caving. It's a lot of fun. You're trying not to, to slip or fall or anything like that. Well, one part... The guide will typically, especially if I ask, her, um, ask them to, they'll stop and they'll say, would you like, um, all right, now everyone, they'll get everyone to sit down. And they'll say, we're at a very, you know, we're deep in the cave and there's no light that enters down here, of course. And so on my command, I need you all to turn off your lights. And we all click, 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 click. We all click our lights off and there's usually one light that stays on and that's the guides for a little bit. 
because she wants to, she or he wants to say, okay, it's on me, right? Um, I'll be the last one to do it, and then you'll be able to see in complete darkness. And so the guide is the last light there, and then they click their light off, and you are in complete darkness. And you may be sitting there, and if you haven't caved before, you're saying, yeah, I know darkness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know this type of darkness. This is a darkness, there's zero light, of course, when you're in a cave. I'm talking, you get your hand and you wave it in front of your face and you can't see anything. The funny thing is our brain, um, we, are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has designed us, our brain is so confused that there's no light. Your brain will put an image of your hand in front of you just based on memory. So you don't go insane. <laughs> this is what happens. Eventually, in this state you're in with no light around, if you were to stay down there long enough, you'd go blind. You'd go blind. And then the guide, uh, very carefully, they turn there, so one light gets turned on. And that one light, even that one light, changes everything. You can actually see pretty far in the cave. One light changes everything in the dark. You know, and I know the, we had a super moon last night. If, raise your hand, give a little whoop whoop. Is that you? So I can hear it. Uh, give a little shout if that was you, if you got to see that really bright moon. It felt like almost daylight last night at like 10 p.m. It was really bright. It was. I don't know about all those colors and stuff people were seeing. I just saw, uh, you know, the moon as it normally is just a big, you know, white glow to it. There you go. But y'all was thinking about that. Everyone was going outside to see that. We need some light in this world right now, don't we? We need some light in this world. As a church... Our response right now to what's happening is so crucial. Because a lot of the world's looking to the church for answers. And they're kind of watching us to see how we're going to respond. Maybe student, maybe even you. you, have, uh, you you're known as a Christian. You've kind of publicly professed faith in your school. And maybe you've gotten a question or two from, some, from, from someone who's just confused by all this. Like we all are, but maybe they have some questions, some some big concerns about who, well, let me have, I have these big, big questions happening. My, my kind of whole plans and my world's crumbling down. Let me go to my friend that's professed follower of Christ and ask him or her what, what they have as an answer. So you're being looked to right now. And so how do you want to look back and remember these days? They're special days. They're unique days for sure. But how do you want to remember them? What do you want the legacy to be? Like we talked about last week, what do you want that caption to be? If it's one, if you've got a Polaroid camera, you take a picture of you, and it's, it's to define the whole uh, time in quarantine, what do you want to write on that photo? What do you want to be able to look at your grandkids one day and tell them? When they ask you, what, what was the 2020 quarantine like? And you can say, you know, some funny stuff as well. You could say, yes, so I watched... Um, I, I did watch every Disney movie that was ever made in history. I'm talking every single one. And I wrote a blog about each one. And it's actually in this book. And I'm famous now. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you realize, you could tell them, yeah, grand, grandchild, I, I realized how much I touched my face every day. And that, because it, it brought it to our attention. Or maybe I, I learned that I just really love going to a coffee shop with no intention. I just like being out in public and reading and, and uh Drinking coffee and being with my friends. I don't know. 
We could also say, but you know what, grand, grand, grandchild? I really grew in my walk with God during that time. Me and my family, we, we grew together as a family. We, got, we became stronger through it. And my walk with God became a lot stronger. In fact, I, I started taking my faith seriously. And I actually started to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. I learned what it means to follow Christ, to grow in my walk, to glow for him. I started taking it seriously. That even when things were all crazy around me and there was a lot of uncertainty, I finally grew what it meant um, just to be still and know that he is God. That's what I learned. That's my caption. That's what I experienced in the 2020 quarantine. So students, in the midst of all the unknowns, there are things we can know. We can stand on scripture, and we want to do so tonight real, real carefully, and real briefly. I mean, in Philippians 2, verses 12 through 18, if you want to have your, your real Bible out, your actual Bible, the physical one, or if you have your phone, that's fine too. But if you want to take notes and kind of and draw lines and, and mark up your Bible and take notes, I encourage you to do so, because this is a very important passage, especially for you right now with where you're at. Because we're in this series called GLOW. And we're challenging you students to use this unique time in your life. We're calling it that, we know it is. We're challenging you to use this unique time in your life to display the light and life of Jesus Christ in a darkened world. That's what we want. That's our desire. That's our prayer. That's where we're headed. Will you join us? And Philippians 2 is going to really help us do that tonight by clarifying a few things. And it's going to call us all to a couple actions. It's going to challenge us that all of us, as followers of Jesus, we need to be growing in our walks. And we also need to be glowing for Christ in the darkened world. We need to grow and we need to glow. The title of this passage that Audrey read for us may say for you, Lights in the World. And that's what we're going to be able to read this evening. God has something for us. I know he does. So hang with me for a second. Give me, give me 15 minutes-ish, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in here. In verse 12, read with me here. This is incredible. Paul says this. Remember, Paul is in prison writing this letter. And it's the book of joy somehow. Even in all this despair and trials, it's still the book of joy. Rejoice with me, brothers and sisters. He says, have joy, have joy, have joy. Well, okay, Paul. He says in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Let's back it up a little bit. Around uh, words like therefore, I try to box those in and, and draw an arrow upwards or, or backwards, whatever it means. Because there, you always need to ask the question, what is therefore, therefore? And here it's pointing us to the scripture that was just mentioned in chapter 2, which is an incredible scripture on Jesus' humility by stepping down and becoming a human, a God-man who suffered and died for us. And it's about putting on the mindset of Christ. He's saying, okay, with that in mind, with our model in mind, with our goal of Christ in mind, looking to him, therefore, now what can we talk about? With that in mind, since y'all have always obeyed me when I was around, especially now that I'm not around, Remember, he's in prison. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Especially because I'm in prison and it's you guys out there. 
Work out your salvation. Go. I love this word, work out. It's actually a verb here, and it's used to describe someone that would go digging and mining for silver. I think it's really special and awesome. They would get silver out of mines. And I know you're already thinking, you maybe wrote a note down, you say, well, Keats, the, the, the word work and salvation, I didn't think those could belong together because we, we haven't earned you know, our salvation. We're told, you've taught many times, we don't do that. The Bible doesn't say that. Well, notice what's key to remember, Paul is not saying here, work out for your salvation. You're not working for your salvation. He's saying, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying you still have to go and earn it. It's a free gift from Jesus Christ to us that we receive in faith. And you're correct, we can't earn it. But rather, Paul is saying, experience this great gift by taking your walk with God seriously. Take your walk seriously. Work out your salvation. This is our role in salvation, students. It's like this big, giant gift that we're given. And what you need to do is unwrap it so you can thoroughly enjoy it. So if your parents got you this present, and it's in this box, and it's like the see-through part, you can see it. You're like, this is going to be so awesome. Thank you for this gift. I did not earn it, and I have it now. But what you need to do to enjoy it is take it out of the box. You can play with it. This is our role in salvation. God's given us a gracious gift through his son, Jesus Christ, something we could never earn. But that, that also doesn't mean we need to sit down on the sidelines for the rest of our life on earth. No, we're called to jump in the game. Work out your salvation. Go mining for silver. Go digging for silver. Go find the thing of, of great value and enjoy it and dig. By digging into scripture, practicing uh, spiritual disciplines, by praying, practicing fasting, meditation, journaling. This is all has to do with your personal walk with God. And your, as God's continually, uh, as we looked at last week, as he's refining you and chiseling you away into the image of his perfect son. This is what Paul's talking about. Work out your, your sanctification. The process of you being made to be, look more like Christ. And it's a process. Scripture memorization. One of my friends texted me and said, I know we have all this time right now. He's like, how much scripture have you been memorizing? And I was like, oh, that's a, a shot in the gut. But that's a good point. We have this time. We could be memorizing scripture. To stitch this scripture on our hearts. We have the time. Are we going to dig in? Are we going to go mining for silver? Are we going to work out our salvation? How much does your faith bench press right now? I know some of us, we, I know uh, uh, they're saying that how to counter all this, this time alone. We, you still need to be, they're encouraging us to continue to exercise. Because uh, it, the more you exercise, the physical also impacts the emotional and the spiritual. I, I realize that. We're also called to, to work out spiritually here. Work out your salvation by digging in. Sharpening your tools and adding tools to your tool belt in your walk with God. And he says, with fear and trembling. So think healthy respect. Don't think being afraid. Just think of, you know, healthy respect of God. Like it's a responsibility. It's, a, it's an honor or privilege that you're, that you're left here on earth 
for a reason. To want to grow in your walk with the Lord. To work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is a straight up command Paul has given us. God's used. But watch this. This is the, this is the fun twist here. Verse 13. For, it's not over yet. For it is God who works in you. Wait a minute. I thought I was doing the work. We'll get, we'll get to that. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You need to memorize this for sure, and you, you, you will be uh, at the end. I'll, I'll give you the assignment. But for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is one of the few verses out there, verses 12 and 13, which show this kind of this healthy balance and tension we feel in the Bible of we have God's sovereignty, we have God working in us, but we're also called to participate. And things kind of get fuzzy in the middle with how that works out. All we're told here is, believer... You need to take your walk in faith seriously. You need to be digging in and, and to grow and to practice spiritual disciplines and to be in your word. And, and that's not saving you, but we're called to work out our salvation. But we're also, look, it's God who works in us. God is at work in your life, Christian, student. He's, he's at work in your life right now. And it pleases him to be a part of your life. And isn't that cool? It pleases God to see you grow. He wants to walk with you. He wants to get to know you better. He wants for you to, to get to know him better through his word. It's for his good pleasure. I love that this is such a comforting verse. You need to you keep close to your, to your heart. That this is, gives of God um, happiness. It's for his good pleasure. And so our ultimate goal from this verse, students, our ultimate goal should be to make God smile with our entire life. Not those around us, but God. It's for his good pleasure that you're here. We need to grow. I'm comforted by these two verses. God's concerned about my personal growth. He wants it to happen. He's also equipped me for that through the Holy Spirit that lives in me, that lives in you. That's kind of stamped on you when you become a believer as a seal and a promise that what God has starts in you, he's going to finish. And one day you'll be glorified in heaven and his work will be complete and we'll be with him forever. Our growth is going somewhere. But know this, student, before we move on to the glow part, you are called to put some effort into this. We're not called to stay on the sidelines. Yes, you can, be a, you can be a believer and stay on the sidelines and stay out of the game. But we're missing out on what God has for us. Your future doesn't start when you get to heaven. Your future starts now. We're left here for a reason. Verse 14, first, first we grow in our, in our walks, but we're also called to glow. Watch how Paul describes us in verse 14. This is going to kind of uh, hit you here for a little bit. Do all things, let's do all things without grumbling or disputing. Let's just stop there for a second. Apparently, this audience had some trouble with this recently. It, it didn't get out of control. They didn't have this huge like split yet. But if you can see up earlier in chapter 2, verses you know, 2 through 14, it's talking a lot about, hey, look out for other people's feelings and their thoughts and their desires. Could you, could you consider someone else's thoughts before your own? Could you do that? Could you have some humility, please? And then Paul has to write, and he, he talks about, put on the mindset of Christ. Look how humble he is. 
So apparently they were arguing and they were grumbling. And we, we may need this alone as a reminder in these days that we're stuck at home so much. And when you're around people, even that you love so much, um, often you can get on each other's nerves a little bit. But what are you going to do with those feelings when they come into your life or when you have these thoughts? Verse 15, this is why we don't want to be grumbling or disputing. We need to have humility. Why no grumbling? Verse 15, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish. So why no grumbling? So you can be blameless and innocent. Paul is calling his audience to not be two-faced, to live their lives inside the church and outside the church the same. And students, you're called to do the same. I know right now, technically, you're, you're at home, you're in self-quarantine. I understand that, shelter in place. But think about when you were in school. It's so easy. I remember myself. It's so easy to be an elevate person and then to be a hallway person in school. Two different people. And you can just interchange between those two people so fast. But you're going to see why that's, that's not what we're called to do. Without blemish. He's referring to a sacrifice as Israel would, would give to God. Remember, he, he'd want a lamb. He'd want a sacrifice without blemish. And we're called now, as, as Paul writes in Romans 12, 1, we're called to be living sacrifices. We're now living sacrifices. Old Testament's over. We're in the New Testament with new promises. And how we act now student, how we're acting now when things are tough is going to say everything about your view of God and your personal faith. Paul is saying, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish. But why, Paul? Why is this such a big deal? But listen to this in verse 15. Kind of the middle part of that, he says, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Do all things without grumbling and disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, we are surrounded with a darkened world. It says crooked here, meaning they've turned away from truth or twisted. They've also oppressed truth. They've, they've twisted it and changed what God has really said. Just like in the garden in Genesis 3. And Satan twisted the truth from Adam and Eve. Paul writes in Romans 3, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside together. We've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. This is our backdrop here. We are in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. That's our surroundings. But look what we're called to be. The end of 15, among you shine as lights in the world. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. So in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So our backdrop may be this present darkness, okay? Like the moon had last night. This really dark sky, of course. And it shines so much brighter because it's, it's at night. We are now called to shine in the darkness, to glow for those around us. 
a lot of you have been learning, uh, even if you don't know it yet, you've been learning about the importance of having proper like backdrops when it comes to lighting. So you, you're zooming a lot. And I know that so there's always a couple people in the chat that can't figure that out and they need some help. And maybe there's too much light coming in behind them and you can't even see if it's a human or maybe it's too dark in there. I don't know. But you know the importance of proper light. But you also know that if it's like a dark room and then you have like this nice light coming in just to, to you, it's so much better. You're, you're, you can see yourself clearly. You've been practicing this even if you don't realize it. You've been getting it down. You're real good at it now. There's a, there's a town called Westcliff, Colorado, and they actually, it's a, it's a destination for a lot of people because they have this kind of, it's, I think it's whatever, it's, it's probably law there, sure, it's just what they know. They, they make everyone in the town turn off their lights at night, and they're in Colorado, it's beautiful, this mountain range, so they can see the night sky a lot better and the stars. And so everyone goes there, and you kind of park, and everyone turns off their lights, and you can see and there's some pictures that I have there in the, the slideshow that'll show the they can see galaxies. And you can really see the stars based on the backdrop. You can look up and see the stars shining more brightly in the darkened sky. When there's no lights around you, it's just really like, wow, look at that. Like you, if you, if you want to go stargazing, you have to go out of town. You, you go away from light, and so those lights will shine brighter. Let's talk about diamonds. If we're going to be talking about shining as lights in the world, let's talk about diamonds for a second. Diamonds will sparkle only in the presence of a light source. And the fun fact about some diamonds, they'll even glow. Some of them will glow even after a light was shined on them. If it's dark, they'll still glow from that light. For a little while after. But the main thing about diamonds is reflection, um, they're reflectors of light. And so reflection is the light that hits the diamond and immediately is bounced back up. It's like instantaneous shine to it. It looks like it's shining, but it needs a source. It's just a reflector. But it gives diamond a shine. And so a well-cut diamond will literally sparkle in the light. It'll look like it has its own like little light bulb in there. And it just takes this light and makes it Amazing. It's just a good vessel. A diamond's a good vessel for the light. And boy, can it shine. And just, we're like, ooh, ah, oh, look at that. Think about that. When Jesus says this clearly in Matthew 14 through 16, he says, you are the light of the world. So let your light shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to Father who is in heaven. We are called to shine as lights in the world. And if we're working at our salvation, if we're living unashamed lives for Christ, we're going to glow. We're going to reflect that light. If we're all in, your life will reflect and display the life and light of Jesus Christ as you're surrounded by a darkened and twisted generation. And just like that town in Colorado that will shut off all their lights, we are going to stand out so much more the fact that God has left us here and shines through us. Verse 16, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Paul's just kind of giving you some keys to what it means to glow for Christ on earth. That yes, we're shining as lights and that's awesome and, and we're reflecting 
Christ, he's saying, hold fast the word of life. You're going to, Christian, you're going to have to stand on scripture, even when it's difficult. Meaning in 10 years, when pastors around the U.S. are even more scared to preach through parts of Romans and other parts of the Bible, they just kind of pick and choose. Because the world's saying, that's not right, that's not true anymore. Are you going to stand on scripture then? Paul's saying it's going to take perseverance. Perseverance to, to continue and hold fast to the word of life. Will we do that? Are we doing that now? That's what it means to glow. It's to stand on God's authority on his scripture. That helps us shine. He says, that may be proud. I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Running means, like, this life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And laboring means we will, we will face challenges. But in the end, we get to celebrate eternity with Christ. It's a race worth finishing because we get Jesus. It's not all about, it's not about crowns or rewards or anything like that. We get Christ. We get to be with him. Whenever God calls us home, we get to be with him forever. You being a flashlight for the sake of Christ now in a darkened world is not in vain. It's not wasted. Anything for Jesus is never wasted. Your life has meaning, has purpose. If you've been sitting on the sidelines and as a believer and you go through the motions and you thought your life had no meaning or purpose, you're just wrong. I, got, I, I can't beat around the bush. I have to say, you're wrong. There is so much for us to do in this time. We're called to grow and to glow. And there's no greater time or need than right now. Verse 17, as he finishes, even if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. Likewise, everyone, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. There's, he says rejoice twice. It's the book of joy. Paul is in a tough spot in prison. You may feel like you're in prison right now. This is appropriate. Philippians is appropriate right now. You may feel like it because you, you feel trapped. But look at Paul's perspective. He's just so overwhelmed with joy. It's almost like unbelievable. It's hard to believe. He's in chains and he still rejoices through his trials. Encourages them to do the same. He's saying, hey, if I'm happy in here, you need to definitely be happy out there. If I'm glad in here, you need to be glad out there. Don't pity me. Yes, I'm in chains to the gospel, but let that spur you on. Go. Go grow and, and glow for Christ. Get out of here. Don't pity me. Be encouraged by me. So Keats, how can I use this unique... Okay, Keats, I, I got it. But how can I use this unique time in my life to display the life and light of Christ to a darkened world? Great question. Great question. One, you can grow. And so um, use this time to dig into your walk with God. Remember, you can go mining for silver. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Sharpen your tools. Work out. And the, how, the, the goal this week is going to... Or, the next two weeks, however long this takes us, is to memorize Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. We're going to start there. We're going to try and memorize collectively memor uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. And then if you want to continue on through the rest of the book, 
There you go. But we're going to start with Philippians 2, 1 through 18. You will, man, this is some um, important uh, verses for us in this time, and they're going to be stitched on your heart. And you can look back when, you're, when your grandkids ask you that question, hey, what was the quarantine 2020 you're like? You're like, well, I still have Philippians 2 memorized from that time. Let me recite it for you right now. And then who knows, maybe they'll, uh, God will soften their hearts and they'll become Christians. Also, you can uh, social distance daily Devo. We're going to walk through the Gospel of Mark and look at Jesus' life. And so those will be on social media and our website. You can get all the information there. But even tomorrow, we're going to continue. Every morning, every, any time of the day, of course, whenever you want to meet with the Lord, we're going to do that. You need to be, we can sharpen our tools in this time. Use our tools. We don't have to waste this time. Use the time. You tell the time what to do. You don't let the, your time tell you what to do. You say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discipline myself and become stronger through this. I'm going to grow in my walk. I'm going to work out my salvation. For it's God who's been working in me. And, of course, uh, you're going to grow, and we're challenging you to glow. And, of course, your inward growth is linked directly to your outward glow. And so if, if the next part is, is, kind of, is not kind of happening, if you're having trouble at times figuring out how to shine for Christ and be that light of the world and to not be ashamed about your faith, but go and tell people about it and, be the, and just display the life and light of Jesus, it's probably linked to your lack of growth inwardly. Your inward growth, like I just said, is linked directly to your outward glow. If it's not happening in here, why are you going to go tell someone else about it? You can't fake it all the time. But here's your glow challenge for the week, all right? Your glow challenge is this. I challenge you to serve your family in a unique way this week without needing the recognition Right? That's not why you're doing it. You're, you'll probably get recognized for it, but that's not why you do it. So take that before the Lord. I don't see your heart. God can see your heart. Uh, for instance, maybe uh, make a date night for your parents. Maybe you, you can get your siblings and, and treat them. Your parents are going through uh, a lot right now as well. Their, their lives have changed completely just like you. And so maybe just thank them through that. Maybe you make them, uh, you, you, you give them a night where you can make them dinner and they, they can watch a movie or something together. I don't know. Get creative. Y'all are so creative. Maybe you could wake up real early and make everyone a huge breakfast. Maybe you could help your siblings with some chores that they're assigned to. Or ask your, your, your parents if you could mow the lawn or do anything outside. Or, or just do it if you, if you know that they need you to without being asked. I don't know. Y'all are so creative. You get creative with how you can serve your family. And you can glow for Christ in that way this week. Or if you want to take that a step further, if you know there's a need from a neighbor... And as you practice your social distancing etiquette, right, maybe uh, you need to mow their lawn or pull up weeds in their flower bed. I don't know. But that's our glow challenge. Our grow is to memorize Philippians 2, 1 through 18. And our glow challenge is to serve our families in a unique way. You know, in the cave, as I was talking about, remember, one light changed everything. All of our lights were off. One light was enough. If we just had one little light in here, at least it would be helpful. At least I could see something. But in complete darkness, there's no chance. God has us here for a reason. We're left on earth for a reason until he calls us home. But it's to be in the game. It's to be on the field. Our future starts now. 
We need to be taking our faith and our walk with God seriously now. Don't wait five years or ten years or fifteen years and say, when I get older, I'll take my faith seriously then. I'll start going to church then. I'll start actually reading my Bible then. Because things in this world just have a tendency of creeping into our lives and taking over. And you'll get through college and you'll say, all right, I'll, I'll find a church and really start serving then. But then your classes are so hard and you're like, well, I don't have, really have time to do that. And then you get married and you're said, well, you know, as soon as we get over this, um, we'll get a couple years of marriage, we're going to find a church. But you kind of hop around for a while. You never really settle in. And then you have some kids and you're like, well, when they get old enough, then we'll find a church and settle in. And then you, you kind of just surf around, but you never dig in to real community. Life is too short. For that. And we're called to shine as lights. We're lights of the world. We're like the diamond. And Jesus is the source. And we just reflect his greatness. And we're imperfect, but we do not do that perfectly, do we? Nonetheless, Jesus called us lights of the world. I didn't. We're left here to do that. Let's point others to Christ in this time. Jesus is the answer. The church is in the the Jesus is the answer. We're not the answer. I'm not the answer. They need Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, in closing, for God who said, this is a beautiful passage. God said this. He said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of of Jesus Christ. One of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible. The same God who said, let light shine out of darkness has also shown our hearts to Jesus in his face. We remember Jesus' life on earth, especially this week. We're in the midst of Passion Week. Jesus' last week on earth. Tomorrow we'll remember his time in the upper room as he takes his disciples in Jerusalem. For one last, the last supper, and he he washes their feet, and they have Passover. He gives them a new commandment. And then later he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, will you stay awake with me a little while and pray for me? And the disciples keep, you know, dozing off. And then he's taken away as a criminal and charged for things that are untrue. And they could find, he's, he's guiltless. They could find nothing wrong with him. He's without blemish. But still they cried, crucify him, crucify him. And so they did. And they nailed him to a cross. And he really died. And we're going to remember that on this Good Friday. And DBC has a special service starting at 7 p.m. You can see the information behind you or on your screen. Friday, April 10th. And we'll, we'll remember his death. And then also, please join us Sunday as we remember his resurrection, as we should do every day we wake up and we have a breath in our lungs and we say thank you Lord for rising again for rising and defeating death so we can have Easter Sunday every day of our life because he rose now we can rise up and we can work out our salvation with fear and trembling because Jesus gave us a way and as he looked when he was on the cross and as Jesus looked at the criminal who had just confessed to him finally as Lord in one instant, Jesus looked at him and said, Today, you, me, paradise, forever. Book it. We're doing this. Just like that. Saving faith from the criminal on the cross. 
And that can happen to you right now. Jesus offers the same salvation, the same promise to you right now. So if your soul is thirsty and tired, remember Jesus. He is the light of the world. We're like those little diamonds. We just reflect his, his greatness, his goodness, his glory. And by doing so, we, we now shine as lights in a very dark world. There's no greater time than now. You can accept that free gift. You can call Jesus king and say, I believe that you're king. You've defeated death. You rose again. I want to be with you for eternity. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. Submit and commit your life to him. You can pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for whoever who has gathered with us. If we had, if we had one student or, or, or someone with us the whole time and that's it, praise God. Love to meet them one day. <laughs> know who that is. But God, we, we, we're doing this because we want to honor you. We want to glorify you. We're not doing this for any of our, our staff members' names and not any of us. We want to point people to Christ in this time. We want our students to be able to to fellowship and, and hover groups after this. Would you call us to that? And I seek and I, I ask that you would, you would encourage our students to be growing and glowing in these days, these very unique days, so we could point others to the life and the light of Jesus Christ. God, we want to honor and remember the Lord's death this Friday night. We can't wait till we wake up Sunday and we get to gather virtually in as DBC and, and other churches and we get to say, yes, he has risen indeed. He has risen, he has risen indeed. And we're, our lives have changed because of that. No resurrection means there's no salvation for any, for any one of us. So let us be excited about that. Let us have ways to, to tell our neighbors and our community about that. Give us unique ideas. Give us creative ideas and what to do with this time we have. And God, we know that you stay the same through the ages. You love us yesterday, you love us today, you love us always. Someone needs to hear that right now. Thank you for this time. And we'll ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen.